Well, hi, I'm Joel McMahon, pastor at San Philip United Methodist Church in San Philip, Texas, and I'd like to welcome you to our latest podcast, and this one is taking place on the 4th of July, Independence Day. And as we begin our service today, let's bow our heads for a moment of prayer. Almighty God, ruler of all nations, we pray for our nation and its people and for our leaders. May we be mindful of your favor uh, and obedient to your will. Forgive us, we pray, of our shortcomings as a nation and as individuals, and purify our hearts, we pray, to know the truth that alone can make us free and that only comes through Jesus Christ our Lord. These things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Our scripture lesson today is found in uh, 2 Corinthians. We're going to be looking at the 12th chapter, the 9th through the 10th verses. And he has said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Therefore, I am well content in weaknesses, with insults, with distresses, with persecutions, with difficulties for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word at this time. I'd like for you to take a moment, and if you have a pencil and paper, you may want to jot this down. If you don't, just make a mental note. If you could wave a magic wand and change anything about yourself, what would it be? And then as you think about that, I want you to look at your list or the things that you thought about and hear God's words. My grace is sufficient. Because you see, what you wrote down there were probably flaws, things that you think need working on in order to make you more acceptable to either the Lord or other people. But let me tell you, no matter what your flaws, no matter how displeased you are with yourself, his grace is enough. This is what Paul is trying to get across to us. Now, grace means God's unmerited favor, God's undeserved, unearned goodwill toward you, that he just pours out on you grace is getting something that you don't deserve. Mercy is not getting something that you do deserve. But grace is poured out upon you whether you feel that you deserve it or not. Now we see from the Lord's answer to Paul, considering his infirmity, and uh, back ahead he talks about how he had been given a thorn in the flesh and that he had prayed three times for it to pass from him or to be taken from him. And this was the Lord's answer. My grace is sufficient and my power is perfected in weakness. But uh, the thing is, 
Uh, we see from the Lord's answer to Paul concerning his infirmity that the Lord may not change you. He may want to use you just the way you are. And that's just it. He loves you just the way you are before you take any makeover uh, steps or not. Have you noticed that Paul looks on his thorn in the flesh as a gift? He says that it was given to me. It was bestowed upon him. God was glorified, you see, because of Paul's weakness. Paul was a very accomplished and capable man. If there wasn't some flaw that was noticeable to the people around him, people would probably have given glory to Paul instead of to God. But God used Paul in his flaws and in his weakness, and the Lord is glorified in his weakness, and he's glorified in our weaknesses as well. Now, so many times I have drawn comfort, courage, and confidence from this passage because, you see, there are so many different ways that I was just too inadequate to do what I'm doing right now. I'm a painfully shy person. If you leave it to me, I'm going to sit on the back row and just blend in. I don't like being put in the spotlight, but this is where the Lord put me, even having that flaw. And so I rejoice and I glory in my weakness because God is glorified through my weakness. I have so many others as well, but there's so many different ways that we can all feel inadequate. One way is through handicaps. You know, Moses didn't think that the Lord could use him because he was slow of speech. He stuttered. He had a hard time finding words. In uh, Exodus 4.10, says, it says, Then Moses said to the Lord, Please, Lord, I have never been eloquent, neither recently nor in time past, nor since you have spoken to your servant, for I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. I can identify with that. When I was a kid, I had a speech impediment. I was brought up in a place where the draw, the southern draw, was so thick you couldn't cut it with a knife. Uh, so uh, I have had to overcome a lot to be able to talk to people outside of the area where I was brought up. Now, this reminds me of the story of a Bible salesman. This gentleman came in one day to the sales manager and told the sales manager that he'd like to sell Bibles. And the problem is he stuttered tremendously. And so the sales manager, wanting to be fair, gave this man a box of Bibles, said, okay, here you go. You go out and sell these. If you sell all these, you can come back and get some more. Well, the gentleman took out. He came back and got more. He came back and got more. By the end of the month, he had broken all sales records. And uh, the, uh, the, the, the salesman was just, or the sales uh, manager was just beside himself. And he just couldn't understand how this guy could sell so many Bibles. And so 
He called him into his office and said, I've got to commend you. You're doing a wonderful job. But tell me, how do you go about selling Bibles? And so the salesman answered, said, well, 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 well I, I, I go up to the d door and, and, and I take a Bible and I knock on the, the door or ring the b bell and when, when, when somebody comes to the door, I, I open the b b Bible up and I, I say, uh, I, I have this b Bible and, 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 and I can read, read it to you or, 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 or you could buy it from me and, and, and read it yourself. And so they, 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 they always buy, buy the Bible. And so uh, here he was, he had a handicap, but he had found that his handicap wasn't anything to slow him down. Johnny Erickson Tata was 17 when she wound up diving into water that was not as deep as she thought it was and wound up being, uh, becoming a quadriplegic. She went through a lot of sorrow, sadness, despair, uh, uh, thought of suicide. But then she prayed and the Lord showed her how to turn her handicap into a gift. Johnny Erickson Tata has now written 40 books. She has recorded several albums and she has a ministry to people who are uh, uh, handicapped and those who are not. She, uh, this is just it. Uh, the thing is, is that so many people let their handicaps slow them down. The Lord probably wants to use you he probably wants to be glorified through whatever you think is wrong with you. Now, another thing that can hold us back and that we might think makes us uh, unfit for service to the Lord is, that, is our past. So many people are crippled by their past. Moses killed an Egyptian. Uh, Moses had things in his past that many people would think would disqualify him from service. David committed adultery with Bathsheba and had her husband killed, and yet God used him in spite of his past. Uh, in my own past, I can say uh, that uh, this is also the case with me. There's so many things in my past I did wrong. I felt like I had lost so much time working against the Lord at one point that I just prayed and prayed until finally the Lord just spoke to him and said, Joel, be quiet. It's not lost time. It's time when you were lost. You see, he will redeem your past and he will use it in the present to help others. There's a little boy a couple of years ago, he's eight, he was about eight years old back then. His name was Blake Rojan. And his mom, Nikki, who owns her own personalization business, told her son 
that he'd like, she would like to make him any kind of shirt he wanted for his first day of school. And he thought a while and he said, will you please make me a shirt that says, I will be your friend. I want to do this for all the kids who need a friend to know that I am here for them. Well, this, uh, his mom said, never underestimate your kid's heart for others. I love my sweet Blake. Nikki said that Blake has experienced bullying and hard times at school before. But you see, he took a tough thing from his past and used it as a springboard for ministry. His mom said, I told him that there are some people who are ordering his shirt and he said, oh, that's good because more and more people are going to have more and more friends. The Lord can redeem your past and use it for good. Former addicts and alcoholics uh, make the best uh, uh, counselors for addicts and alcoholics. Let's face it. They know what it's like. They also know the value of being set free from those things and they can demonstrate that freedom from those things is possible. And uh, so another thing is our appearance. David Reaver was a, uh, 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 he was in Vietnam and had his face literally blown off. But he has overcome his disfigurement. And because he is the Lord's, he has been comfortable with who he is right now. And you see, this is what, and, and David Reaver ministers to all sorts of people, but especially he has a ministry to the handicapped and to veterans. And so the Lord has taken his appearance and he uses it to glorify himself and bring others into a right relationship with him. He's, David Reaver has become comfortable with being himself. Now, this is what I want to get across to you. This is what Paul wanted to make sure that we understood. You are loved in your imperfection. In the Lord, we find that it's okay to be who we really are. He loves the real us, not just the person we think we ought to be or should be the person that you think you could become if you got rid of those things on that list that we wrote at the beginning. The thing is, as you receive his love, you receive it as you are. And as you receive it just as you are, he can help you with becoming more and more the real you, the you that deep down inside you've longed to be. I was just talking to someone this past week who does a lot of counseling, and she shared how surprised she has been to discover that there are many, many people who have never been told, I love you, have never had those words, I love you, addressed to them. And this is what we remember every time we come to the Bible. The Lord wants to make it sure that you know he loves you. The good news of the scripture, of the gospel, is that you are loved. The cross shouts, 
I love you to a world filled with hurting, helpless, and hopeless people. As I was thinking about this, I remembered a young lady I counseled with many years ago. She had been terribly sexually abused as a child and into her adulthood. And uh, as we finished a session one time, we prayed. And after we got through praying, she said, can I share with you what just happened? And she had this, just, she had tears in her eyes, and, but she had a look of just awe on her face. I said, yeah, what happened? And she said, while we were praying, all of a sudden, I wasn't in this room anymore. I was in the presence of the Lord, and he was on a beautiful throne. And, and it's like I was outside myself, and I could see myself. And I had on this beautiful gown, and my hair was beautiful. And she said, I, I, didn't lie. I didn't look the way I look now. And she was ashamed of her appearance. He said, she said, I was beautiful. And all of a sudden the Lord just smiled at me. And he said, so and so, this is the way I see you right now. And healing took place in her heart. And she was set free from all of her uh, feeling inadequate and weak. All of a sudden, she could be loved. And she knew she was loved. Now then, whenever she, we were, whenever I quit counseling uh, in, in this particular ministry that I was in, the last time I saw her, she had to be a plaque that I still have here in my study. And on that plaque, it said, I asked the Lord how much he loved me. And he said, I love you this much. And he stretched his arms and spread his arms wide and hung on a cross and died. He loved you. And he died for you. And He's called to you, even when you were unlovable and unlovely. And maybe you think that you're just an ugly person right now. But that's not what the Lord thinks of you. He doesn't wait for you to straighten up. He loves us with all of our imperfections and our weaknesses. I don't know if you knew this. I just discovered this this past week. There are more women than men on the mission field fulfilling the Great Commission. And no doubt, one of the reasons for this is because as the weaker sex, they tend to be more willing to submit to God and allow him to use their weakness. Men want to only yield their strength. They're always dedicating their talents, their gifts, their resources to Christ and rightly so, but us guys uh, rarely or never dedicate our weaknesses. And this is a tragic neglect in light of the fact that God can often use our weaknesses 
for even greater glory than he could ever use our strengths. The beauty of dedicating our weaknesses is that we can all do it. For let's face it, we all have plenty of flaws and weaknesses to give. May God help us all to surrender our weaknesses for his strength is made perfect in our weakness. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, thank you for being with us today, and uh, uh, hope I see you again next week. Until then, goodbye, and God bless.